What's going on, everybody? This is Bridging the Geekdoms. This is a show where, well, we're very inconsistent with how we do it, and uh, we try to cover a lot of the pop culture world, but today is going to be an interesting show. We're going to kind of dive into some of the news over the past couple of weeks. We haven't had a show the past few weeks, so we're going to dive into a couple stories I thought were kind of meaty and interesting, and then we're going to dive into our main topic, which is simply, will Zack Snyder ever come back? to the DCU, and more importantly, should he? So let's get into this. What's going on again, guys? So... If this is your first time ever catching our show, checking it out, or anything like that, typically I have a co-host with me, but today, as you see so far, I do not. Ken may be a little bit late, but that's fine. Uh, but, you know, typically with our shows, the first 15, 20 minutes is a few hot topics, and then we cover a main topic the rest of the show. Today's going to be just a little bit different. It's going to be a little more laid back here. And actually, without further ado... The man who will be replacing, or I shouldn't say replacing, the man who is the new voice of Darth Vader, Mr. Ken Yamba. What's going on, man? Uh-oh. No audio. I don't hear you. Do you hear me? I'm not hearing you. All right. Well, as he tries to, to figure out his audio issues there the first thing i kind of want to jump into and if you are watching live please feel free to comment and join in on the the chat with these topics it's always a lot more fun whenever we can interact with those who are watching and listening but first story i want to bring up and this one hit kind of close to home the other day james earl jones has officially retired from being the voice of darth vader According to Vanity Fair, the 91-year-old actor has signed off on archival voice recordings being used by young filmmakers who plan to utilize artificial intelligence synthetic speech technology to recreate Jones's younger voice from his previous films for future Lucasfilm projects. Now, I take this as two different ways here because it is a little sad to see someone like James Earl Jones no longer be part of Star Wars. Uh, let's see. Is it working now? Is it? There we go. Nice. So I'm just talking about James Earl Jones uh, walking away or stepping aside at 91 years old from the role of Darth Vader. Uh, he'll no longer be voicing him in any upcoming projects. He's kind of signed over his voice rights in a way for Lucasfilm to utilize speech therapy or therapy speech technology uh, to you know, just synthetically create the voice of Vader moving forward. My, my issue with that is we've seen this technology being used with the likes of Luke Skywalker in actually it was the book of Boba Fett, even the Mandalorian a little bit. I don't think it's quite there yet. Now, obviously Vader's voice is a bit different because it is a little more robotic. It's a little more uh, deeper in, in, in delivery. So it might work better with Vader. I, I heard some rumors that 
Vader's voice in Obi-Wan was actually done this way. I, I, I'm not 100% sure on that. But what are your thoughts on this, Ken? Well, I feel like this was inevitable. I feel like James Earl Jones being at the age of 91, I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, this road was going to be crossed at some point. Um, it's definitely interesting to see uh, the estates of Stan Lee kind of sign over their rights and kind of sign over like, a, uh, I don't know what the exact word for it is, but kind of signing over their uh, Stan Lee's appearance rights and kind of seeing James Earl Jones follow suit and stuff. Um, it's definitely interesting to see how things are changing with technology introduced into Hollywood and, and um, seeing the evolution of it, because as you said, it's not quite there just yet. But I definitely think with a couple of years of seasoning on it, it will definitely be better than what we've seen before. And I personally think that Luke Skywalker's appearance in the Book of Boba Fett was fine in my book. So it, it wasn't um, terrible, it, but you, you could definitely yeah. tell there was something off. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the consumer's decision to watch it in a way is that knowing that technology definitely lended a hand in recreating some of the more iconic characters that we've seen in this franchise and who knows maybe other franchises moving forward i know that marvel is obviously going to start with uh stan lee appearances at some point and um it's just interesting to see how things are going um i don't know i never remember reading about this a couple of weeks ago that they use some sort of a i don't want to say ai but some sort of really state-of-the-art technology to bring James Earl Jones' voice back in Obi-Wan, as you kind of alluded to before. And I remember stumbling upon an article, so it's definitely funny that you bring that up. Uh, I definitely want to read more about that and kind of know more about what went into it and probably gives me a uh, kind of a vision of the future and how they would utilize it, because it seems like Darth Vader might become a prominent figure in their projects moving forward. And for me personally, that's uh, that's always welcome. You know, we could always have Hayden yeah. Christensen provide the body for it and let the linguistics and vocals of it kind of be toyed around with with this technology. So I think it's definitely something that um, Lucasfilm probably reached out to James Earl Jones and kind of initiated. But um, it's it's I believe it's done now, so it's going to be interesting moving forward to see what they uh, what they do. Yeah, definitely. And and you hit the nail right on the head there, uh, because while it is in a way, it's a sad day because such an iconic character, such an iconic actor is stepping aside, stepping back from a role that has defined him quite a bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. James Earl Jones has done a lot over the years, but. <clears throat> excuse me nothing as iconic as darth vader i mean if you if you hear that voice you're gonna think one of two things either mufasa or darth vader so it, it is a sad day to see him step aside a big part of my childhood for sure but you then have this knowledge now that they're licensing this out because they plan on utilizing darth vader more in projects down the line, which makes me excited because I know there's such a huge cry, you know, an outcry from fans to move away from the Skywalker trilogy, move away from, you know, the Skywalker stuff. But when you get down to it, I mean, you can't, you need to stick around. And I feel like there's so much unseen of, for the character of Darth Vader that 
Um, I just feel like there's so much more to explore with this character in between the years of the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy and um, or the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. And I just think there's so much there that we haven't seen that, you know, we've gotten glimpses in Rogue One. We got obviously a little bit more of an extended glimpse in Obi-Wan. And I just think that having a follow up on that, like personally, I would just do a Vader series. That's just my kind of throwing hat in the ring over there but and that's something that i feel like probably has been discussed and hayden christensen sounds when he was doing press tour for obi-wan sounds like he wants to do this again for sure that this was an experience that he enjoyed and being back with the cast and everything and just being back in that world definitely helped him so yeah. uh, i hope that there's something down the line like that but uh i've definitely no, I mean in for more vader down the road for sure and I think, yeah, we're definitely going to see it probably sooner rather than later, which I'm, I'm all for. You know, I, I don't I don't want to forget what made Star Wars Star Wars. So I but, want them to, yes, expand, get out, do other things. But, you know, even if it's just every once in a while, just falling back into the old trilogy time frame or something. You know, that is one. If you take a look at since Disney has purchased Lucasfilm, <clears throat> they've gone and done prequel era stuff. They've done sequel era stuff. They've gone, you know, th but they really haven't dived into that original trilogy era. Nothing, you know, they, they did a little bit after return of the Jedi things here and there, you know, it's little spots, it's spots here and there, but you know, there's still things that they could explore between a new hope and, and empire between empire and, and return of the Jedi. Like they could, absolutely tap that and get some really good quality story out of there. And they haven't yet. So that's what I'm just hoping at some point. That's all. Yeah. You could also make Vader almost like an anthology series where you have him come up in certain episodes, come up in like a prequel storyline with Obi-Wan and then have him in other episodes be the villain that we know he can be in his prime. And even in the original trilogy and stuff like that. So that's definitely something that would yeah. be really cool too for sure but uh yeah let us know in the comments what you think about james earl jones walking away stepping back from the role of darth vader at this point i mean he is 91 years old uh his career has you know shifted down quite a bit over the years and uh this doesn't take away from the magnificent career that he has had uh, it's just a sad day being a star wars fan but also one that can excite you a little bit knowing that we will be getting more vader but let us know in the comments what you think about all of that all right. Just, just as a curiosity, does this affect? Um, I don't know if he voiced any of the um, Mustafa in the Lion King remake, the live action remake. Does this have any bearing on it? Because I know Disney's obviously producing those movies. So, um, from uh, what I understand, this this prequel that they're doing about Mufasa will not have James Earl Jones uh, doing the voice. Okay. Uh, that's that's from what I understand. All right, so I'm going to move on to this next topic here. Now, this topic. <laughs> this nearly broke the internet last week. Very close to just completely. I, I, I'm surprised they didn't shut Twitter down and shut everything down when this happened. But The Rock, who is starring in an upcoming movie called Black Adam, has been really ramping up his marketing for this film himself, as is Warner Brothers in DC. Well, the other day, he releases a trailer on social media. Very short teaser type of trailer, just to, yeah. to kind of get hyped for one month away, one month from the release of Black Adam. And 
the world erupted because of Steppenwolf Gate. Um, 2017's Justice League Steppenwolf design was used in the Black Adam trailer. As you can see, this is the shot 0.02 seconds of a shot of Steppenwolf. This version was utilized in the trailer. After, I guess it was probably about an hour, two hours, if that, uh, the rock. I think it was on. Uh, the rock pulled down the post, the trailer, and eventually re-uploaded another trailer that did not have that 0.02 seconds of Justice League Steppenwolf, rather just an additional scene or footage from Black Adam. <laughs> I want you to talk on this first because, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, you got this. Is this where we're at right now? Is this like the current standing of uh, little glimmers of hope that we're handing for? One thing that I think you um, kind of left out was in the tweet that he did for the new trailer, the first line that says is corrected. And then he says all the rest of the stuff with the hierarchy is about to change and all that good stuff. But um, this is funny, interesting. Um, I saw a remake of this on YouTube that actually included uh, Zack Snyder's Dark Side and Steppenwolf in it, and it actually was really cool to see. But you know, that's another conversation for another day. But um, it's definitely interesting that this was taken down almost immediately as soon as it was put back up. Um, I know in our group chat in the Culture Nerd, it was put up, and then. Somebody made a comment that it featured Steppenwolf footage from Justice League. And then I saw maybe an hour, not even maybe 50 minutes after it was posted, I clicked on it to just view it on YouTube and it was no longer available. So um, it's if you're going to pull it back, why release it in the first place? You know that this is kind of like going to be a touchy subject for some fans and stuff. So you knowingly... I, it could have been a lapse. Could it been? It could have been the Snyder bots, maybe the Whedon bots that we've obviously come accustomed to seeing and stuff. But you seem to have a very strong. You seem to have a really strong take on this. So I'm gonna let you take it away because I'm more on the levity on the levity side of things. Everybody needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Look, I have been saying for months, if not years, that the plan is and always will be that the 2017 justice league is within the main continuity the main canon how that changes in the future is to be seen but as we are right now 2017's justice league is the justice league of the main continuity the problem is you have Warner Brothers who is refusing to just acknowledge this and refusing to just bite the bullet and say look this is what it is. Accept it. Snyder's thing was a gift to you fans. That Snyder cut was a gift. They refused to do that. They have refused to do that. And it's to the detriment of, no. <clears throat> excuse me, to them. I mean, it's, it's causing more harm than anything. Because if they would just bite the bullet today, give it three weeks, three months of bad press or negativity or toxicity, whatever you want to call it at most. And by that time, it's done. People have moved on and they understand. <clears throat> but this, this whole idea that, oh, we could get the Snyderverse restored. Oh, this could be, you know, in continuity with the Snyderverse. That is what's causing so many issues. If Warner Brother is truly 
saying, you know what? We don't want to do the Snyderverse because of all the toxic fans. Then fucking say it. It's not that hard. It is not hard for them to come out and say, look, we did the Snyder cut. We regret it. Or we didn't want to do it. Or we did it. You're welcome. But you know what? You guys have been assholes. You guys have been toxic. And that's that. <clears throat> that's my problem with this. And the fact that The Rock changed it did not help. No. I give The Rock credit. He is a great... <clears throat> oh, shit. I'm sorry. He's a great guy uh, when it comes to marketing his films. But this was an issue. He should have left. let it be. It's that simple. We know that the Flash movie was planning and, and still probably going to change quite a bit of the history of the DCEU. That's where you leave it. You let that movie do that. You move forward with these films with the continuity that what the continuity is, and that's final. Instead, now you have all these people who think there's hope that the Snyderverse is going to be restored. Here's a really easy little thing for you all to see. This right here. This is the continuity of the DCEU. This is what it is. Plain and simple. This is it. You got up to Justice League. That's where they wanted to start changing things. After that point. But then... They were sold to AT&T and things got muddled again. So then the plan was for the Flash movie to rectify all that, which is still the plan today under Warner Brothers Discovery. So that is what it is. It's, it's not hard to understand. That is the timeline. I am, I, I, I don't know, I... This falls on scoopers. This falls on those people who sit there and constantly say, Warner Brothers has been talking to Zack Snyder. He's coming back. Warner Brothers and, and Zack have made up. Warner Brothers and Zack. Warner Brothers and Zack. Warner Brothers and Zack. And it's constant with these scoopers because they're playing you all. So now when something like this happens, instead of you, a fan, just accepting what it is, let's be excited about Black Adam for Black Adam. Who the hell cares if it has justice league steppenwolf in it or not let's just move forward let's see what the plan is because who knows maybe the flash does reboot it in a way where snyder cut is continuity but that's not happening for a year from now so that's that's where i'm at with this and it, it just it, it pisses me off so much because if you even try to say look it's not going to be the way you want it, Snyder fans. It isn't. No matter what, at this point in time, it's not going to be the way you want. Even if Snyder were to come back, we're, we're going to get into it in a minute here. Even if Snyder were to come back, it still would not be what you want. It wouldn't. You have anything to, to add to this whole Black Adam debacle? And Yeah, so I was going to leave some of the comments that you had for the Snyder part of things for our main discussion but just kind of touching on the footage itself and just the incorporation of everything it's um it just confuses me kind of like the way it began it was just i'm just confused why would you sign off on footage that you know is going to be very touchy 
very touchy with the fans, and then almost immediately after, kind of take it off and redo it in a way. So you have to know that they are at play thinking, okay, if we release this with a little bit of footage, let's see how much of a backlash we get for it. And that shows that they might still be considering uh, con considering keeping Justice League as the main continuity, which at this point, you know, and I'll save my stance on everything, you know, for a little bit later, but for at this point, it's better for me to follow that at this point, you know, and to, you know, I think it's failed to discover on everybody that day in, day out operations as of today, September 26th, are still run by Walter Hamada. So everything that's going on right now is still kind of under the old regime of things. So we're really not going to feel the impressions of Warner Bros. Discovery's plan for the DC EU in probably not even, I want to say a year from now, just to be on the hopeful side of things, maybe for in time for some, some sort of announcements at Comic-Con. But even that I'm starting to realize is kind of unrealistic because they really have to do a complete and total inventory, not only of DC, but just Warner Bros. as a whole, because there is a reason why they only are releasing two movies for the rest of the year. So um you know i'm you know not for nothing the recent campaign for black adam has definitely got me more excited for the movie um the couple of the posters that they've come out with inspired by uh real life art by for black adam done by jeff uh, by alex ross and uh, i forget the other person's name's escaping me but the posters have the poster game has really been great for black adam recently over the past couple of days so um i am i'm still excited for black adam and I uh, can't really wait, honestly. Yeah, I just, I, I just want people to, you know, it, I, I'm just sick and tired of all the negativity and the, and the, the fan, the, the, the fighting within the fans and that trailer, what they did there, just did not help because, like you said, who signed off? There's somebody who signed off on it. And was like, yeah, this is a great idea, right? Even and if it. That's currently employed by Warner Bros. Discovery, not Warner Bros. This is post-merger in the marketing yeah. department that, yeah, signed off on this. And, you know, maybe it's a company, like I said before, maybe it's a company's way of kind of testing the waters and being like, okay, so it's been a couple of years since this has happened. It's been almost a year. It's been exactly a, over, over a year since we've released Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, maybe this was kind of their taste tester to see if, how reactive the pool still is and obviously and evidently it's still full of sharks to your dismay for sure but yeah. we'll get into that a little bit later on yeah but let us know your thoughts in the comments you know hit us up on social media what you think about steppenwolf gate with black adam teaser trailer showing the wrong or the right steppenwolf depending on how you feel uh, again i i truly believe and uh, all evidence points that the Snyder cut is not continuity right now. Uh, so that's what all evidence is pointing to. Why is it that you believe otherwise? If you do, uh, what is it that's showing you that it could be? Uh, just let us know in the comments below. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you say, Oh, this scooper told me, well, I'm just going to ignore that comment because no, <laughs> just no, not at all. Something I wanted to bring up. I don't know if we have a structured topic for the next a couple of minutes, but something that I feel like I haven't had a chance to speak with you on screen about is uh, She-Hulk. I wanted to just get your quick opinion on She-Hulk so far. I know that I've seen some of your shorts. I know that 
it's a little a little bit of a tug of war review, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I feel like you and I yeah. haven't had the opportunity to speak about the show in its entirety. And last week's episode, this week upcoming, what are the expectations? So definitely interested to hear if we have a little bit of time before our main topic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the past couple of weeks I've been sick. I've been out of it. I've been fighting this ear, uh, ear infection for the last week. So I haven't been able to do any videos on She-Hulk or really anything because uh, I keep coughing here even. So that's why. But I did do a video, what was it, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that specifically was about She-Hulk and the man-hating. And yeah. I, I truly believe that that is what they're doing with this show. I mean, take a look at this previous week's episode, for instance, you know, the immortal man, uh, they made a complete piece of shit, piece of garbage. Every single man with the exception of one that they have put on this show, maybe two, I'm, I'll give them two. Cause I don't count Bruce Banner, uh, but maybe two guys that they've put on this show have been stand up men, people who seem, seem like they, are decent human beings in some form or fashion, one of which is her father. Yeah. So it, that is an issue to me. I get what they're doing with the show. I get that it's a comedy. I get that. I'm perfectly happy with a sitcom in the MCU. I think that's great. But what I don't appreciate is that you are, that, that Marvel is specifically bashing more than half of their audience right in front of them. And I think that's wrong. One or two characters here, there. Absolutely. I could get a chuckle out of that. I absolutely could. But when it's just constant, every episode, there's somebody else, somebody, some other man that they portray to be a bimbo, a jackass, somebody who they can just treat like shit or is a piece of shit, I think is wrong. <clears throat> so that is my issue with the show. If they would get past that, and don't get me wrong, the, the twerking stuff was was terrible. I thought it was stupid. It was dumb. It was disgusting. And I think it actually was counterintuitive to what they were trying to or what they are trying to prove on this show. They're trying to empower women, show women that they aren't to be just oogled at and looked at in a certain way. But then they go and have women shaking their ass to be oogled at. It, it, it defeats the purpose of what they're trying to do because this show doesn't have a true identity. They were simply like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to man bash everybody and we'll figure out the rest from here. And that's what it seems like, because there's moments in this show like Tatiana Mislani is fantastic. I don't I've never really watched her in anything. And I think she's doing a fantastic job as Jennifer Walter She-Hulk. But that's it. Her her assistant's decent. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she's not bad. <clears throat> but everybody else. Even Bruce Banner, like, was complete shit in this show. Well, I think, nothing... that, I think that's a continuation of just the evolution of Bruce Banner's character. And some people are in, some people aren't, just the same way people are in Thor's evolution. Um, I, for one, have been seeing the memes lately of comparing, like, 2008's Hulk versus, like, this Hulk that we're having right now and stuff. And I certainly agree with that to a certain extent, but it's just a natural evolution of the character and the story that they put him through in Ragnarok, uh, Infinity War, and in Endgame. So, you know, what, and this is just the repercussions of that, not repercussions, but kind of end result of that story where you have this iteration of the Hulk present in this universe. So, yeah. Um, hopefully they go back to a little more of the savage side of things with whatever they have planned for him. But 
I think overall the show has been decent. I've been surprised, honestly. You know, I've been surprised by the last couple of shows that they've put out, actually. But um, this one in particular has definitely caught my attention. My big problem, and she acknowledge, and She Hulk acknowledges it within the first two minutes, is you have an episode that ends with a Daredevil tease, and you know, with the whole history behind Daredevil and everything that happened with Netflix and all the years that we waited, and then Spider-Man No Way Home, and you follow that up with a total filler episode <laughs> of a wedding. And, you know, I hope this Titania to Tatiana thing goes somewhere, but I'm just not really feeling it, honestly. I like this little tease that the Intelligentsia is maybe the leader or something like that, which I'm totally in with, so... Yeah, uh, so I just have we just have to wait to see this how the show unfolds, but obviously Daredevil side of it has kept me going up until this point, and I hope that's not why when I look back after the show's finished, I hope that's not why I look back and viewed that viewed that as the reason why I powered through the show. I hope that it's because yeah. of everything else, and then included is Daredevil kind of like icing on the cake. So again, I you know I mentioned it, this is a sitcom. And the interesting thing with sitcoms, at least over the last 10 years, is more so than not, they've turned into a more, um, you know, long form storytelling. Sitcoms used to be you have a secluded story in this yeah. episode. And yeah, exactly. Each episode was secluded. Which but sitcoms kind of which She-Hulk has kind of emulated in a certain stretch of their show, but not but not episodically. And and I think they're not quite sure how they want to utilize this because yeah. Marvel and all their shows to this point have not been that way. They've all been long form storytelling that this episode leads into this episode, leads into this episode, leads into this episode. And this is the first time they're not doing that. This feels very TV show. Yeah, I, I don't hate that they do a cliffhanger with the Daredevil helmet or mask or cow or whatever it is. And then the next episode, not show it. I mean, I grew up through the 90s and 2000s where I saw that kind of shit happen where you get a cliffhanger and then have to wait three months until the second half of the season started back up to, to see what the cliffhanger was. So that doesn't bother me so much. This episode, you know, and, and the fact that she acknowledged it right away, I was like, ah, okay, that's clever. Again, there's, there's some interesting and cool parts with this show, but let's take this past episode, for instance, and what is this show trying to do? It's trying to show She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, being this strong attorney, being able to overcome these man, you know, things and everything like that. This episode with Mr. Immortal was perfect for her. Why did they give that B story to the B team when it was very much an A story? that Jennifer Walters should have handled at some point. That's another issue because the wedding was pointless. It really was because even in secluded episodes like that, there's some kind of little bit. And I think there will be, I think the guy that she met at the wedding, I think is actually not what he seems, <laughs> but I, I just feel like, you know, you're trying to, to really cement her place as a lawyer this case, which could have been a huge case for her to handle, you give it to the B team. And that 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 was a little ridiculous to me. But overall, I wasn't upset that they didn't bring Daredevil in this episode. And I think that the problem with it all <coughs> is that they've alluded to and hinted to Daredevil since the marketing, and they never should have. 
uh, because because they should have kept it for a huge surprise. They shouldn't have even shown the cow in that episode. It should be something. We know that she's a lawyer. We have this this expectation of the possibility of Matt Murdock showing up, especially now because we know he's in the universe. So we're like thinking, oh, this is a, a lawyer show. Uh, he's got to show up at some point. But you keep that anticipation there and just let it build, let it build. And then episode seven or eight, he pops up and you're like, holy shit, it's Daredevil. And you're not expecting, you're not waiting for it. So you're not disappointed like we were this past episode. So that just goes back to how they're handling this show poorly. And that's just unfortunate because, again, there's so much about it I do like, but the bad parts of this show are just so bad that it's hard to fully enjoy the show. I'm fully over the Titania storyline at this point. I'm uh, ready yeah. to move but desperately at this point, really think pushing her more towards a situation where maybe the leader is trying to look for blood to recreate Hulks, which leads in, which I've, you know, I've, and this is scooper stuff. So I know that this is something that you kind of backhanded last segment, but uh, hearing stuff about like maybe a tying into Captain America and the new world order, since the leader is coming back in there and then having it spin into what happens with the Hulks individual project, like, there's a difference between scoops and speculation. So speculation like that, speculating on that, that's fine. And and don't get me wrong, I do that all the time. And I think it's exciting. I think it is a possibility that they're trying to get, you know, the blood because they want to create more super soldiers. That was something that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or not Falcon, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they were doing it there. That would make sense that this is a continued storyline where they're still trying to find the right type of formula, the right substance to do that and that's right. very much a a uh thunderbolt ross type of thing to do now uh, who knows what they're doing with that character if they're gonna bring somebody else in to fill that role or how they're gonna do that but that's very much in line with what that character was like in the comics yeah so i i think that's a possibility i think that would be kind of cool to see that happen um if that's the case yep classic marvel telling storytelling <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let us know, though, in the comments what you think of She-Hulk thus far. Are you aggravated with it like I am? Or are you kind of just more, eh, you know, it is what it is like Ken is. Let us know in the comments what you think. All right. Now we're going to get into the main topic here because, um, yeah, we're going to have to get into this because, again, we, we, we hinted at it a little bit ago. Fans are just at an all-time toxic level, in my opinion, when it comes to Snyderverse fans. And I'm not saying all of you are. There are many of you who are fantastic, who I love talking to, conversing with. But there's, a good, but there's a good bit of you out there who you, you refuse to use common sense and allow your desires to lead you in a way that you know, make you toxic or make you just unfun to, to, to converse with. So the main topic is, will Zack Snyder come back to the DCEU? I'm going to let you start, Ken. I know this is something that you uh, really want to talk about and are passionate about. So what say you? Is Zack coming back or will he ever come back to the DCEU? So I never know what you do with your Twitter fingers off of, I just first wanted to say this. I don't know what you do with your Twitter fingers when no one's watching or when dark mode's activated, but I would like to think that both of us are exemplary 
are perfect examples of Snyderverse fans who are not toxic. I'm just going out on a limb and speaking for you. I know I am definitely somebody that has supported the cause in a very positive way. You know, I have followed a lot of their movements with the American, with, with the, the awareness, bringing awareness to the suicide prevention and stuff. So um, there's definitely been highlights and definitely been high points for us. But you know, I'm going to speak strictly from a realistic standpoint and from a standpoint that I've realized, and even from the standpoint of the cultured nerd in a way, um, the answer is no, uh, just to keep it kind of short with um, the title that I see here with with if he will come back, it, the answer is no to me. Um, it's very unfortunate to say because obviously there's desires within me that hope that we could see what's going on, man. There's there's desires that we're that we obviously want to see the Snyderverse continued in some iteration, form or fashion. But I personally think that everything has led to no kind of what is being said here that based on all the signs, it's no. You know, I think he's happy in Netflix. I think him having his own creative mind to kind of roam free with a lot of with Rebel Moon, with the whole planet of the with the whole dead uh, universe that he's kind of forming over there has definitely been a pallid change from what he was used to in Warner Bros. And, you know, the time period that he went through during his final tenure with Warner Bros. was a tough one personally for him. You know, he lost his daughter um, in very horrible fashion and very sudden fashion. So, you know, it's definitely tough for him to look back at his tenure and think of things on the more positive side. And I think that's a side that fans truly forget at times is that that's probably one of the more down and toughest moments that he and Deborah have had to go through together as a couple. And, um, you know, that's something that they don't look back at and look forward to reintroducing themselves into, you know, there's scar tissue there for sure. And the way the cast was treated Ray Fisher mainly and, or, you know, according to speculation, but um, a lot of, a lot of things happened after that, that, you know, Zach obviously wouldn't have signed off on in terms of how his cast was being treated during reshoots and all the horror stories that you hear of and stuff. And, um, you know, just to hear him struggle to get stuff in the Snyder Cut when they originally gave him full release on everything is something that probably was a last straw for him as well, that fans really don't put a lot of weight into it either. You know, I think them stripping him of his chance to put Jon Stewart's Green Lantern in rather than the Martian Manhunter is something that definitely was um, another sign for Zach to kind of just move on and sign this first look deal with Netflix. And, um, you know, I think it's very telling that he hasn't really commented on things the way that he's commented on things before, you know, and uh, while there's always hope and I remember always a Vero post of uh, Final Crisis with Dark Side on it on his um, coffee on his coffee room table. That's just the fan in me really trying to capture the moment. So that's kind of where I stand. It's, not unfor it's an unfortunate stand, but um, for right now, I think he's happy in Netflix and Warner Bros. needs to really figure their shit out first before they could bring somebody of the stature of Zack Snyder back. And I think that's where Zack kind of stands on it at the moment. And quite frankly, I would agree with that stance if that really is the stance. So. Well, Nicotina, you know, he's on here. What's going on, man? Uh, he does say he's not going to come back right now, especially with the projects he's currently working on. And Warner Brothers Discovery is such a mess right now. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. They, they are a mess. And he also says Warner Brothers Discovery doesn't even have a DC Studios lead. And that's something that I've been saying for weeks, weeks now. But, you know, let's let's 
let me play devil's advocate here. If, if you want to call him devil's advocate on this side, but Ken explain to me, Zach was in an episode of teen Titans go. That obviously means that he's coming back to do more films, right? Well, I feel like I believe that that was something that was agreed upon. Um, I, for the timing is escaping me, but this was announced months ago that he was appearing in Teen Titans. And I don't know if that's a wink and a nod at maybe that something. Do you want to know what it is? Do you want to know what it is? Go something, for it. That, something that all scoopers who are sitting out there saying that he was coming back because he's in, D, in Teen Titans Go, something that they've all left out is Jay Oliva directed that episode of Teen yep. Titans Go. Yep, and that's something that I'm forgetting as well, which is, you know, <laughs> it's like Zach's <laughs> best friend almost in that point. Like that, that is it. That's the reason. That is the reason that yeah. Zach did that. It wasn't because, oh, he made amends with Walter Hamada or that he made amends with this or that. No, he did it because Jay Oliva was doing it and they came up with a funny pitch for it. And he said, sure. And then again, Nicotine is like, he recorded that audio back in June of 2021. Again, yes, that was more than a year ago under the old regime even. But again, it wasn't anything to do with the regime. It was Jay Oliva doing, the, was the director of it. So again, there's this idea that every little bit people are seeing that they want Zach to come back. And I get it. I get it. I highly enjoy Man of Steel to me is a masterpiece. It is the quintessential uh, origin superhero movie, in my opinion. Batman v Superman, I think, is an underappreciated film that only gets better over time. And I would love to see his story continue. Zack Snyder's Justice League was a great film, way better than what we got in 2017. And I would love to see it continue. But the fact of the matter is, as Nicotina said a little bit ago, he's busy doing other stuff. His deal at Netflix is... is quite lucrative for him and he's got so much freedom he has so much freedom over there right now it's it's incredible they're allowing him not to build one not to build two but three universes he's building over there he's got rebel moon he's got army uh the army series and then he has his uh mythology one that he's doing as well <clears throat> which is animated dc pulled everything away from him. Why would he walk away from Netflix to do that? I'm not saying that he wouldn't, but let's also take a look at what else Nicotina said here. Warner Brothers Discovery doesn't even have a DC Studios lead. They, they don't. They're not going to plan out their next 10 years without somebody heading the studio. That's something that people don't seem to grasp here. David Zaslav could very well be talking to Mikey Sutton every single day saying, Hey, Mikey, I would love to get Zack Snyder back, but that has nothing to do with what the new DC head is going to do. Yeah. That, that new DC head may come in and say, look, I want to go this direction. I think this is what's going to work best. If that includes Zack Snyder. Great. But David Zaslav is going to allow that person to make the best creative decisions for the DC brand. I think something that's escaped as well that you alluded to as well, 
is um you know zach's imprint on this universe will always be felt um if they continue on with the iterations of characters that he introduced and obviously they are with aquaman wonder woman um it remains to be seen what happens with batman and superman but all signs to this point indicate that they may be returning in some shape form or fashion but you know that's uh something to always be remembered and while it might not be the uh, direct iteration of justice league two and three You'd have to imagine at some point that if Warner Bros. is going to get their DC Studios department in order, the new DC head of studios it would have to have an overall arcing villain in, in mind for this universe to kind of build up towards. And, you know, Darkseid could be thrown in there with already an iteration kind of already on site. You can kind of carry on that iteration or introduce something else entirely. But... Um, kind of what you said, you never know what the Flash is going to be retooled to do. Maybe it will introduce Zack Snyder's Justice League as canon and kind of fix that hole of everything and then move forward with that. But, you know, the, everything's speculation right now and nothing's been confirmed, which is... It's funny that you mentioned that in the first segment. It's the most frustrating part of Warner Bros. Discovery at this point is that nobody... Ref everybody refuses to acknowledge anything that goes on with this universe. Like... Yeah, it's completely burning, but um, we're good over here. You know, we're not going to really comment on it um, and stuff like that. And it's just kind of it's baffling to me how you can't literally one official statement about it would put out many fires for them. And they just refuse to do it for whatever reason that they choose to. Maybe they just really have no idea what they're go what they're doing or what they would even say because they probably would contradict it a week after. But, you know, it's um, the 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 kind of image I want to present to the audience is they released a trailer in the beginning of the year that showcased four films that were coming out this year. We have gotten how many of those? Two? One. Well, so far, but I, are we getting Black Adam? We're getting Black, Black Adam. Black Adam, that's it, yeah. I think, we hope at this point that everything's on schedule for that, but um, that just shows, if that doesn't show the discombobulation within Warner Bros. during the merger, post-merger, pre-merger, I really don't know what else will, you know, like they, that was officially licensed. It was stamped the year of heroes. I remember it. And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing that almost two or three weeks later, everything was shelved. Everything was pushed back to next year. So if that doesn't give a currency to the DC, I don't know what will. And it seems like Zaslav's having a really, I don't want to throw fire. I don't want to throw, I don't want to throw gasoline on fire, but it's, I'm going to ask you a question. Does it seem like he's having a hard time finding somebody for DC? I think it comes down to their financial struggles right now. I think that they absolutely want to hire somebody, and they thought that they had someone in Dan Lin. Uh, I think that fell through because of his whole, um, his whole desire for his own production company to move forward and, and all the things he wants to do with that. So I think that's a big reason why that fell through, but I think it comes down to at this point is, you know, financially, what are they going to be able to do? Because you're going to want to get somebody in there who's worth a damn. You don't want to just get some Joe Schmo off the street and you know that there's going to be some handholding early on because there's going to be some hesitancy from Zaslav and, and even the, the stockholders, you know, the people who they have to report to, they're going to want, this person held accountable DC should be their most lucrative brand. And it's hard to fathom how they've allowed it to become what it is uh, because they just of ineptitude, not being able to move forward with 
<coughs> any plans in any form or fashion. Uh, Nicotina says a new DC head is likely not going to want to do that. Imagine they actually bring someone in and right away he's going to give complete and total creative control over to Zach. Makes sense to us, but not to the to a new DC head. And that's that's kind of going off of what you were saying. You know, no one is going to give Zach complete total freedom, creative freedom control over anything. And when we which get might be a in for, for where that? Zach is and which might be a problem for where Zach is at the moment in his career, he is quite literally answering to at least creatively to on his projects to no one. So it's like if he gets used to that on a more cons I don't know about to no one, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, where I know what you're saying. And, and yeah, he's not shackled in Warner Bros. And I think what it comes down to, and, and let's say, let, let's just say Warner Brothers came up to Zach. Let's just say they came up to Zach and said, look, we'd love for you to come back. Here's the thing. He had an idea. He had an outline that he wanted to do, that he wanted to complete. That does not fit in with a 10, 15 year plan. It just doesn't. Because what the new DC head has to do is not only does he have to, to come in running, but he needs to get projects made that are introducing characters that is building a justice league that is building a, a team of heroes as well as villains for the long term. Zach's arc was a very short term burst of check all this out. This is cool. This is great. And yeah, you can continue this off in some form or fashion. Let's not remember. And I'm not saying that this was the final version that they, that they were going to go with, but he had Batman dying in his story and it jumped up many many years after the fact with a new person taking on the mantle of batman not bruce wayne and dc at this point is not at this point i don't think they are able to do that i think they people want to see a bruce wayne and you need to build a story of bruce wayne to get to that point but if you're building a justice league if you're building these team of heroes you want to see him interact and Affleck, as much as we all think and love the idea of him coming back for Flash, Aquaman, this and that, he could come back for more. He could be in it for the long haul, but I don't see him sticking around for 10 or 15 years. So there's going to be changes made in some form or fashion very quickly to establish a Bruce Wayne, to establish a Batman moving forward. The problem is it's not going to fit with what Zach was doing. It just isn't. That's why I always go back to this. I always go back to this. And look, Snyder himself said that his story was an Elseworld story. If he were to come back to complete anything, it would be in that Elseworld story. The problem is, live action-wise, in my opinion, live action, it's never happening at this point. Had this been a year ago, if we were having this conversation before there was even talk of them selling to Discovery, <clears throat> I would have said, yes, there's a chance. But at this point, I do not see Zach ever coming back, ever coming back to do live action DC films at this yeah. point. 
I don't. I think if if he finishes his arc, it's going to be one of two ways: animation or in a graphic novel form, um, or motion comic, or something like that. I'm I'm leaning more towards the animation, simply because of his connection to Jay Oliva. And, and I was I just think about that, a... yep. And I think that is probably the best way to go with it. And Ian I think Snyder, they're kind of yeah. Seeing the Snyderverse in the Teen Titans episode was really cool in animation. You know, it didn't really take away from it. And seeing his iteration and kind of splash on the Teen Titans themselves was pretty do, cool. Honestly, do you not think that that was a a test, a taste of what we could oh, get? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what that you know was. How- can you guess how long that both of them worked on that specific scene and just being like, hey, we got to make this look really cool, really dope. So it's, exactly. you know, there's, there's there's little glimmers of hope here and there. And, you know, the optimistic part of me hopes that something does eventually get worked out where maybe he does return to do another film, maybe a Justice League film or a follow or just like the end all be all film that they end up deciding will be the end game of that universe. But if it doesn't happen, I've kind of accepted it. I'm just happy that the characters that he introduced are are at least on the immediate horizon to come back. So that's something that's always And let's not, you know, let's not sit here and say that, you know, 10, 15 years from now, Zach is, you know, winding down his career and they come to him like, look, we got a Justice League movie. We'd love for you to come, come and do this people would you know would be excited even the naysayers the haters of today of snyder would probably be excited to see what it what what he would do at that point in time so you know i'm i I guess i should go back a little bit on what i'm saying is oh he'll never come back but i can tell I, i i can confidently say that he will not play in the main continuity playground or sandbox over the next 10 years he's not going to and DC Animation has a, hist- a history of just doing one-off type of films, yep. so it's not out of the question that they do a one or you know or two movie series to finish off his arc in the way that he wants. And it's a easy payday for all the actors. They could probably get Ezra Miller, despite all the shenanigans going on, to come and do that. You know, so that is something that I think is I've been saying for years that this is what the expectation should be. I think for fans, the expectation should be nothing more than animation or graphic novel to have the story completed. If we get more, great. But that's what our expectation should be. This is what I've always said. I just and I think it 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 gives us more possibility because we could get that Affleck script done then. We could get that Deathstroke film. We could get so much more with animation because one, you're talking about a, you know, a fifty million dollar project per movie as opposed to a hundred, two hundred million dollar project. Mm-hmm. So you take a look at at the financial side of things. It just makes sense. Yep. It really makes no, sense. And there's no coincidence that at the time when they released, I believe. Justice League or Justice League Dark, Dark Apocalypse War that mm-hmm. um, not too long after this Snyder Cut was announced, but that's you know kind of seeing the animation style of that that basically was the Snyder Cut animation form, and it, it was it, it was cut kind of stories, but it definitely gathered 
the feel and look of a Snyder world in a way. And um, some of the elements there were there of the Snyder cut. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something that fans should, could get excited over. Um, I've, I'm really into the DC animated universe that they have. Uh, the previous iteration, the Tomorrowverse, the, which they're currently in right now. And so, for some reason, they can kill it. They can <laughs> kill it in the animated world. Let's, but let's when it comes to live action. So, so let's not forget you're you're saying oh you know the justice league apocalypse war felt like snyder well let's not forget that jay oliva started that cinematic universe yep. he was the one that directed flashpoint paradox he directed justice league war he is the one that launched that animated cinematic universe so it makes sense <laughs> that it has that feel all the way to the end yeah. and that is a feel that obviously zach appreciates because he brought him in back in 2013 2014 to help with storyboards and he, he's you know he like and they're working on another show together for netflix or another project it just makes sense i, I i'm sitting yeah. here saying it makes sense and <clears throat> people will sit there and say well what about all these cryptic messages that that you know clay Staub is is putting and uh, how jay oliva goes on twitter and fights back at all the the toxicity and the trolls and stuff well yeah they're doing that because they still want to be involved in some form or fashion and they probably will be but it's not going to be live action i just i i i don't know how else to say it no they never say never because you know having having i feel like there are a lot of key pieces that need to fall in place to even start even thinking down that road but i think the first roadblock is just figuring superman at this point I think all right let's let, go for it let's sit back very simply right here let's just think of this one thing take a look at the fandom of dc fans comic book movie fans dc movie fans what percentage would you say are Snyder fans? 20%. Is that, 20%. is that lucrative to bring Zack Snyder back for another film now? No, not now. Exactly. They're, 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 I mean, that's it right there. We are, you know, us fans, we're so caught up in our little bubble on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on this, on that, that, we sit there and we're surrounded by Snyder fans and we love it. And we, we talk and converse and get excited, but the mass majority of the DC movie going audience, one, a good portion of them don't fucking care who the director is. They don't even they know who, a they know point. Spielberg. That's the only director. Most of those people know. They really just want a good movie right in front of them at that point. Exactly. Already. They don't care who the director is. They want a good movie to watch. They want to see Batman not be boring fighting Colin Farrell as Penguin. They want to see a good Batman film. They want to see Superman on the screen bringing hope and justice in the American way. That's what they want to see. And I'm not saying Zack didn't do that. But he didn't do that for the majority. And that's why Zack will not be back anytime soon. It's, it's that simple. And the diehards have to acknowledge that that and that's so hard for anybody to to acknowledge because that's what we love we love what he was doing 
but you have to look at the bigger picture. That's why there was so much trouble with Warner Brothers working on a deal with Cavill because everything he was in was not a financial success like they would want it to be. I'm not saying they weren't financially successful, but it wasn't like they wanted it to be. The majority of fans don't care who Superman is. They want to see the S. They want to see the logo. They want to see the cape and the, and the blue spandex. Just get somebody who has a good smile and a nice you know, curl in his hair, and they're happy. Again, us 20, 25, 30% of fans, we want Cavill. But the majority don't care. And, and that's it's hard for people to accept that, but it's the truth. That is the truth. Um, let's see. I know Nicotina said a whole bunch here. What did I miss? Uh, uh, he says, for Mikey Sutton to say, how would Jay Oliva know? He's just a storyboard artist. Yeah, Mikey Sutton, look, uh, it, it's no... Um, no secret that a lot of my scooper hate lately has been directed towards Mikey Sutton and company. Um, he's a complete tool and doesn't know as Nicotina says, it's downright idiotic for sure. Nicotina says the bloggers grifters won't let it go because it makes them money. This then leads to aggression to try to protect that narrative. Then that's what I've been saying for weeks. It's leading to more toxicity because these scoopers are simply trying to make money and they're saying Zach's coming back. Cavill's definitely back this and that, which Cavill could very well be back. I'm not hundred percent on that myself right now. I've heard some other things and, but regardless, it, it comes down to this. Use common sense. Don't listen to the scoopers. Don't listen to the grifters. Don't listen to the, the <coughs> bullshitters. Use common sense. <laughs> Think for yourself. Right now, if you look at the situation to put a bow tie on it, it makes no sense for both sides at this point to come back and have a reunion. And that's quite frankly just the gist of it. it makes no sense for him to give up his creative freedom that he's got at Netflix. And it makes no sense for Warner Bros. to insubordinate their DC Studios lead before they even hire him. So at this point, just kind of accept it at that point and see if that works doesn't really sound like it's going to work for the nonsensical fans that we have you know the snyder box so <laughs> and, and i'm going to go out here I, i'm going to i'm going to end my discussion on this right here i think warner brothers should do a little experiment themselves release the snyder cut in theaters let's say December or January, somewhere around there. Release the Snyder Cut in theaters. If you can, I don't know how that works, but find out if they can. If they can, figure it out, release it in theaters, and see what kind of money it makes. That right there will tell you how successful Snyder will be. Uh, because even if you own that movie, if you're a Snyder fan, even if you own it, you're going to go see it. So they're going to make all their Snyder fan money right there so you kind of figure out you know what that'll be so when you get the grand total 20 percent of that's going to be the snyder fans roughly the rest is going to be the general public and see how much money it makes i think with since they don't have anything <coughs> after black adam until march why the hell not 
Interesting. You got anything else? Getting, I don't know, figuring out the logistics of that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> you, maybe you would have a general audience has that who's already seen it on HBO Max and figuring out that stuff and then actually separating the Snyder cut, the Snyder fin, the Snyderverse fans cut of the portion versus what actually happened. That sounds a little messy, but I would totally be down to go see Zack Snyder's Justice League in theater, something that I will be doing at some point in my life. So that's... Uh, that's a movie that you need to have a cinematic feel and experience for. So need Nicole Kidman giving me the whole spiel and everything. (laughs) All right. So we, we leave it to all of you listeners and viewers. What do you think? Will Zack Snyder ever come back to the DCEU? Do you think he should come back to the DCEU? Uh, Should he come back to the DCEU? Uh, Let us know in the comments what you think about all of this, uh, because I want to know your thoughts. I want to, I want to know, what is driving you to believe that he is or what is driving you to believe that he will not come back? So leave that in the comments. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. Uh, you can even scan that little QR code on the screen right now and you can find all of the links to all of our stuff right there. It's pretty cool. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Robert Slavinsky. With me that way is Ken Yombo. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. You got anything, man? You good? No, have a good night, everybody, and hope to see you next week. And uh, hopefully, we'll have another fascinating topic to discuss, which I have a feeling we will. All right, well, we'll talk at all of you later. <laughs>